Thank you for joining us this Tuesday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And we're continuing our message series on a conversation with Jesus, with the woman at the well. Our scripture comes from John chapter 4, verse 35 through 38. It says, Do you say there is still four months? Then harvest will come. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already ripe for the harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored for. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this scripture in John chapter 4, that you remind us that the harvest field is ripe. And it's true, Lord, some will sow and some will reap. Others will reap that which they did not even labor for. And those who labor, you have entered into their labors. So, Lord, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you as we continue on with this message of the conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. We ask, Lord, you give me words and wisdom on this Tuesday. We want to thank you. We want to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let's take a look at this. You say, well, what's this scripture have to do with this, Pastor? But the scripture has a lot to do with it. Because if we go back to the conversation of Jesus and the woman at the well, we see that the Samaritan woman was still in the city. She was inviting people to come and know this Jesus that she had met at the well. And Jesus here was instructing his disciples. He was giving them instructions that the harvest was ready. There were people going to accept him for who he was. They were going to believe and trust in him. Now a natural harvest would start four months time, but a spiritual harvest has already begun. The fields were ready for reaping. And Jesus was not only thinking of this one Samaritan woman who believed in him, but of many, many more Samaritans who would believe in him, as well as others elsewhere would believe in him and one day be with him in eternity. In a parable form, Jesus meant he was talking here about missionary work. It's our purpose to lead people to Christ. God ensures that every laborer will receive a reward. It's not a monetary reward, it's a heavenly reward. And the fruit they gather will never go bad or be lost. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine oranges and apples and grapes that would never go bad? But he's talking about the fruit of the labor talking about these souls, these people that would come to know him. Now all on earth who became children of God 
remain so eternity they will remain so eternity with God in heaven. Sometimes it happens that you and I who serve God, we may be the ones that sow the seeds. We may do it persistently, day in and day out. For long periods of time, we might not see the sprout, or we might not see any fruit. But then others will come along and start the work later. And many will experience a conversion. Is either one lacking or do they have a disadvantage? In no way. There's no injustice in heaven. There's no envy in heaven. We'll all be the same. Every servant rejoices over the fruit that's harvest, whether we are the one that plants the seed or we are the one that brings it home. Overall, we'll all meet in heaven one day. Those that are sowers and those that are laborers, those that reap the harvest. It's what the writer was saying. It's reminding us this woman went into the village. She went in and told them about her life. She shared this testimony about this Jewish man, this man that she called a prophet. After realizing the Messiah was sitting right there talking to her. Jesus revealed himself to her. He told him, he told her who he was. Today, Jesus is calling to each and every one of us. He's calling out to us to be sowers, laborers in the harvest field. In John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42, it says, many Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I had ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him, please stay with us. And he stayed there two more days with them. And many more believed because of his own word, because of what he spoke. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, each one heard him personally, and they know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Who would have imagined that Samaritans from Sakar would listen to this woman, an infamous woman, but they heard her testimony, they heard truth in what she was saying. Not only because of her words, they believed in Christ because they had heard themselves. First, the woman's testimony was very decisive. She was on the target, on the mark. He told me all that I ever did. These two statements reveal two things. One, Christ is a prophet of whom Moses had foretold that God would raise him up in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. He is God himself. He knows our lives. He knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. In fact, 
and in deed. And he tells us how he will judge our life. The Samaritan woman had accepted the Lord's verdict on her life. He knew she was living with someone and she had five husbands. But she admitted it to him face to face without reserve or without excuse. She could have come up with many excuses. You know, in this way, when someone is honest, many people have been led to Christ over the centuries because of a personal testimony, because of your story. They're attracted by the visible change in people's lives, a drastic change, a 360 or a 180 degree change. But we must not only leave it at that. Everyone needs to have a personal encounter with Jesus today. And they must come to conviction personally. We can't force someone. Only God can convict their hearts, convict their minds of what they're doing is wrong. The Samaritans no longer believed because of the woman, because of they believed because of his own words. They didn't need any signs or wonders. His word gave them complete assurance that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So powerful today. So powerful. In John chapter 4, verses 43 through 46, it says, Now after two days, he, meaning Jesus, departed from there and went on to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that the prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him. Having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water into wine. Now, Jesus was on the way to Galilee. He, he was on the way from Judea to Galilee. Now, he had consciously and obediently chose to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria as we've had these different lessons out of the scripture about the Samaritan woman and all those who were saved. What happened there in those two days was great joy, both for Jesus and for the Samaritans who found him to be the Savior of the world. Is Jesus your Savior today? Jesus is the only Savior for the world today. Could Jesus have remained there longer? He was aware that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So what could he expect in Galilee? Only rejection, but that did not hinder him from continuing his work and his ministry. For it was the will of God. Jesus at no time sought to honor himself. He gave all glory to the Father how was Jesus received in Galilee? 
He was welcomed. There was no rejection or hatred. On the surface, everything seemed like it was in order. But if we consider the motives behind friendliness, things that looked different, the Galileans had seen the miracles in Jerusalem and were therefore impressed by Jesus. The Samaritans, by contrast, had heard Jesus' words and believed on him without any miracles or any signs. As a performer of miracles, Jesus was welcomed everywhere. He was welcomed as a prophet. He was rejected even by the Galileans. Let us follow the Samaritans' example by trusting Jesus, by trusting his word. Whoever knows him and rests on him can pursue his life with confidence. We live in a world today where people are not confident in their faith. But if we just read the word and listen to the story, we see there was no rejection by the Samaritan woman. There was no rejection by the people, the Samaritan people. They accepted him for his word. We live in a world today where people want to question the whys, the what for, how come. God always seems distant. But I'm here to tell you, God is closer than you than you can imagine. In John chapter 4, verse 46 through 48, Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the wine, the water into wine. And there a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him right away. And he implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. I think about that. In chapter 4 of John's Gospel, Jesus turns to four persons or groups of people, and we want to talk about them and we'll close with that today. First, the woman at the well in the region of Samaria came to know the grace of God in and through Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Secondly, the Lord informed his 12 disciples that the harvest time was at hand. The harvest time today is still at hand. Not only were the Samaritans part of that harvest, but many other people would hear the good news and believe on him. Are we sharing the good news for people to come and to believe in him? Thirdly, the Samaritans, whom the woman had invited to come and see Jesus, had themselves been convinced by the words of Jesus that he was indeed the Savior of the world. Verse 42 of John chapter 4. And we see in John chapter 4, verses 46 through 48, the nobleman is an example of a fact that blessings come through faith alone. Jesus' miracles attracted people. 
but that but cannot be concealed. They were great and mighty miracles. The nobleman heard of these miracles. He needed a miracle at that very moment. His son lay sick at death's door. In spite of his high position, the man was ashamed to request help from Jesus. You know, the Lord searches a man's heart or searches a woman's heart or each and every one of our hearts. Will we believe in him today? If he was, if he has visible proof, such as these miracles, would we believe in him? Is that official one of those who believed only in what he could see? We live in a world today, we want to see it in front of us. We want to know it. If we can't see it, we don't believe in it. It's sad, but even in the churches today. But the writer tells us here, there were no miracles at Samar uh, in Samaria. Jesus just told a story about living water. And it was misunderstood. But then he went on and he talked to the people. And they knew he was more than just a prophet. They knew he was the savior of the world. Today, a true mark of faith is by hearing the word of God, believing in the word of God, relying on the word of God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your love and for your mercy. And we thank you for your protection. We thank you, Lord, that we can close this chapter about the Samaritan woman and we can be reminded of what happened that day, what will happen, what continues to happen. Lord, we need to believe in your word. We need to believe what your word says. Lord, we might not always understand the word, but if we ask your Holy Spirit's guidance and leading, leading, he will guide and lead us into knowledge. Lord, we're not all going to be theologians or pastors or associate pastors or missionaries, but you've called all of us to share the good news, to share our testimony of faith in you, to show people where we were to where we are now. Some of us have unique stories of how we came to know the Lord as our personal Savior. And some of us have dramatic stories. They call it foxhole religions or foxhole where people have faced death head on on the battlefield and have come to know you as their personal Savior. Lord, your word says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in the end that Jesus Christ is Lord. So today we pray for those who don't yet know you. We pray for the many listeners that may know someone or they may even need to know the Lord as their personal Savior. Sometimes it can be through a miracle of, your, of yourself or a loved one. Sometimes it's just plainly reading the word. 
I have a friend of mine that was reading the word one day and the pages just jumped off and hit him like a brick wall. And he finally realized who Jesus is and that he was headed down the wrong road and he would be lost. So we never know, but we need to share the story. It doesn't have to be dramatic, but the harvest field today is ripe. Jesus tells us, you know, the way is narrow for those that are going to follow him. But the road to hell is, is wide. You think it would be the opposite. But Jesus said that not everyone is going to believe. We think of the Galileans, not everybody believed. They rejected him a lot of times. Many place, places that Jesus went, they rejected him. Today I pray for those that are lost, that somehow, some way we can give a word of encouragement. We can share our story with friends, with neighbors, with total strangers sometimes, people we meet on a bus or at the doctor's office or at the post office or at the train station, wherever you may live, the subway. Jesus is the only hope for the world today. He's the hope for the crisis situation around the world. Is he the savior of the world for you to, today? If not, today can be that day. All you have to do is repent, believe, and accept the word, and live the word. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. So thank you for joining us on this Tuesday. We look forward to joining you on Wednesday with a new message of hope and encouragement. We thank you, we praise you, to God be the glory. Amen, amen. Have a good day. God bless. Pastor Doug Solomon.